What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited for today's conversation, y'all. Y'all are not even ready. I'm not even ready, but I am so excited. We are back with our conversations with special guests. And my very first special guest is a beautiful person that I recently met. And our conversation in person was amazing. And so now we're (laughs) on the podcast having another conversation that I want you guys to be a part of. I know we're going to have an amazing talk, but I cannot wait to get into it. Y'all welcome my special guest, Brooke. Holly, Brooke, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy I could do this. It was so funny how it worked out, but literally, and we're going to do it. (laughs) I mean, we're going to do it. We're going to jump right into it. It is definitely an impromptu, spontaneous conversation for sure. It is definitely like God ordained and centered, which is really cool. And so it was something that I didn't plan in my mind, but the Lord had in his. And so here we are. And I'm really glad that you are a part of it. Before we jump into the conversation, let's take a moment and pray. Jesus, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that even if none of this crossed my mind, even if I didn't even know Brooke was going to be on the podcast, you did. And you made it fitting for her to be up here. You worked it all out that she would be up here. And so I'm grateful, Lord, that you stand outside of time and you control everything within time and you are working in the details of our lives and you care about podcast conversations such as these for your glory and for our good. I pray that our listeners will be encouraged, but also that Brooke and I will be encouraged by your goodness, by your word, and by your presence. We believe you, we trust you, and we receive you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Brooke. So y'all, let me just tell you how Brooke and I got to this point. So we were um, actually at youth a couple of days ago and, you know, at the end she was playing piano beautifully. I mean, she was doing the thing. It was amazing. And Brooke and I had like briefly met months ago, but we hadn't had a conversation until a couple of days ago. And so we were talking and Pastor Kaya was there and we were just generally speaking and Brooke was talking about single and just what she's experienced lately and I you know I was eavesdropping a little bit I'm like, oh, what are we talking about you know like my ear was open I was hearing and everything that Brooke was saying was such from such a healthy perspective regarding singleness and I told her I was like girl I do not hear this type of talk and perspective about singleness from a biblical standpoint from people that's around our age. And so I was like, you have got to share that with my guests. And Pastor K.O. was like, yeah, get her on the podcast. I mean, he was facilitating the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the conversation was so wholesome and true and there was no airs about it. It was just genuine. And I love that about Brooke. And I was like, Brooke, like, I know that I may like be smiling and saying you should be on the podcast, but I'm dead serious. And Brooke was like, I know. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So here we are here to talk about singleness. And you guys have heard on my podcast before me talking about my perspective and my thoughts regarding singleness and what I've learned over the years. But I really wanted to have a conversation with someone else about what they are um, experiencing with singleness, because singleness is different from for everyone but singleness is a place of holiness when lived out biblically. So I just want to talk with you, Brooke, about that. My first question really is how have you 
perceived singleness growing up? Like, how would you have defined singleness growing up? Yeah, I I don't think I ever saw it as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, like, a couple family friends. Like, they're basically my aunt, and they're, like, closer to my mom's age, but, like, they never got married, anything like that. So, like, they were just kind of, like, my aunt, and they would just, like, come hang out at the house, like, spend the night every now and then. So, like, because I was exposed to singleness and, like, a bunch of different stages of life, like, I don't think I ever saw it as a bad thing. Um, like, obviously when you're younger like marriage seems normal to you because that's what most people do like when they grow up they get married but so I saw it as kind of like a oh this is like different like it's maybe not normal but it's also not bad like Mm -hmm. it can go either way pretty much yeah no that's so good I love that um I definitely think there are so many people that have that outlook and have that perspective as well where like growing up it's one of those things where singleness is not bad but singleness is like it's a thing you know what I mean it's just there it's like yeah like you know marriage is the next step or it seems like marriage is like something else that you step into usually and that is typically the outlook of things um for me personally my experience has been a little bit different where growing up I've longed for dating and marriage even from a very young age but singleness around me was defined as seasonal and Mm -hmm. not as a sacred space that you can thrive in. And so what I mean by that is that it seemed as though marriage was the end goal and singleness was just something to pass through. Like you just, you've got to get through singleness and then you get to marriage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it seemed like that when I was married, I was worth something. I was mm-hmm. then thriving in the life that I was living in. And so that was kind of my perspective. And no one blatantly told me these things, but culture and even the church and how Christians talked and encouraged single people um, use that kind of language and idea that this season, the that singleness was a season and that marriage was soon to happen. And so without really intentionally trying to hurt a person who was single, it can cause a little damage with that kind of perspective. So growing up for me, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I got to get out of this. How do I get out of this? I want to soon get like, <laughs> I'm trying to pass through this very, very quickly. Like, how do I do that? And um, I had a lot of people around me who were married. And those that were single were trying to get married. And so Mm -hmm. there was always this like push and thrive to like, I want to get there. I'm tired of being here. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that tainted my idea of singleness for a very, very long time. But here recently, over the past few years, we have learned about biblical singleness and and what that means. So that was you growing up. Now, Mm -hmm. how would you define singleness? Like, what is your outlook on it yeah I think recently it's been more of like singleness whether it is a season or whether it lasts a lot longer than I'm expecting it to um it's a time for me only to be focused on the Lord because we had talked about this a little bit on Wednesday like Paul talks about when you're married your desires are divided like um you're striving to like seek the Lord, but then you've also got your spouse and your family to think about. Not that that's a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. God ordained marriage, but you're nonetheless, like your desires are going to be divided. And so singleness for me now has become like a time to not have my desires divided pretty much just to 
really be striving after the Lord and seeking him and seeing what he wants me to do. Um, and then if he has marriage in his will for me, then that will come later. But um, for now, like I know that if I'm seeking him and if I'm striving after him, then he's going to work out all of that stuff later <laughs> and I don't have to worry about it. A hundred percent. No, that's so true. And I think in you talking about that scripture, right? That's where I got a lot of my um, understanding of biblical singleness was from Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians. Um, I remember the very first thing that I read in 1 Corinthians was 1 Corinthians 7, 7. And I don't know it word by word, but I do remember the part where Paul is like, I wish you were single just as I am single. And when I read that, I was like, here's a single man encouraging (laughs) singleness in a way that he's like, urging people and championing Mm -hmm. people to be single like I've never heard that before I've heard people to say like you know live in your singleness is freedom but it's with the outcome of marriage you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. that's the next step Paul's like nah like single (laughs) like stay single 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 (laughs) and it's crazy it's crazy to me but I think your perspective is very healthy where it's like you're living in the moment, number one, where you are serving the Lord. And then you, you, you said this, and if the Lord's will for you is mm-hmm. to be married, then you'll get to that part, right? Yeah. I think a lot of us have written the story that we will get married. And when the Lord has chosen that we won't get married, we have lived a lot of our lifespan um, pursuing something that he never planned for us. And so a lot of discontentment and discouragement mm-hmm. and all the different emotions, insecurities begin to become magnified in our life. And we're wondering why we're weighed down with so much of that. It's because we pinned something that God never mm-hmm. planned. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely think singleness, everyone will experience singleness, 100%. You will experience singleness somehow, some way. Same thing with waiting. Everyone will wait, whether you're waiting in line to get your food, whether you're waiting for your microwave to finish your food, like you're going to wait, you're going to be single. That is inevitable. Um, But marriage is for some, not for all. And I think Paul gives a really good um, example of that. You talked about, you were like, Jesus was single, you know? (laughs) Yeah. here we go. Like the greatest man that we know was single as well. And I think it's just, it's just interesting that the perspectives that you can have with singleness really does shape how you live your day-to-day lives, because it can become very weighty to long for something that maybe the Lord doesn't have for you. And you really have to like submit to him and say, Hey, if I'm supposed to be single for a lifetime, then let that be my heart posture. But if it's supposed to be single, like seasonal, then let that be my heart posture as well. So let's talk about uh, a little bit of like your experience with singleness and even with dating. What have you experienced personally, the highs and the lows as you have navigated biblical singleness and dating even? Yeah, Um, I think like I've always been the person where I'm like, okay, the purpose of dating is to work towards marriage. Like some people call it courtship. To me, that sounds like not old fashioned in the sense of like court- the word courtship itself like scares a lot of people away. Um, but that's always more of a courtship mentality has always been my outlook on it. Like, okay, dating is the point of it is to work towards marriage. Um, 
and why are you going to date someone if it's not going towards marriage because that's just going to be bad for everybody in the end um cause a lot of heartache and stuff like that so that's kind of what I've seen in myself is like when I keep that mentality it's so much easier to focus on the Lord because I'm not looking at all these other people around me being like oh well like they just started dating this person and it, it looks fun like that's that's the, the catch word always is like it's just fun um like they they look like they're having so much fun and like this looks like such like a good situation and then you get not even that long later like three months down the line and you're like oh this wasn't good and now you're seeing the ramifications of it um and so just being a christian in 21st century america like it's definitely it's tempting not to have the date for marriage mindset um but it's always a lot more rewarding and i've definitely seen that through like the last i would say three or four years probably that's so true i think to have exactly what you're saying like the mindsets and perspectives that you have regarding singleness dating engagement and marriage matters it really does matter. And I mean, obviously this is a singleness talk, but again, singleness is seasonal for some and a lifetime for others. And so we want to make sure we talk to both groups, you know, mm -hmm. to one who may be in that seasonal um, state and to also the one that is into that lifestyle kind of state. And so like you're talking about for those who are seasonal in their singleness, like that's what the Lord has planned for them. Your marriage, like anyone that you date, it should be the goal of marriage. Um, and obviously the Bible talks about what a godly marriage looks like and, mm -hmm. and how you are to orchestrate yourself as so when it comes to marriage and how God is honored in marriage. And there's so much, again, biblical truth that the Bible talks about that goes to marriage that flows through even dating. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm -hmm. that's the starting point of a healthy and happy marriage. Um, and so in scripture, we had talked about, you know, Paul said to be single as he is single, but there's something else that he said in first Corinthians seven twenty eight that marriage is not a sin. You know, he's like, mm -hmm. if you get married, it's not a sin. And if you decide not to get married, that's not a sin mm -hmm. either. And I think a lot of things that are sin were easy to step into. And then, you know, like that's something that we're easy to get into but when we think about singleness, we want to get out of it as quickly as mm -hmm. possible. But singleness is not a sin and neither mm -hmm. is marriage. But the things that are sin, we're like, we want to jump into it. We want to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like we have a backwards mentality. But mm -hmm. Paul said that marriage is not a sin and neither is singleness. And so, again, whether you guys are single for a season or single for a lifetime, either way is not a sin whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But I think what our heart is that you would have a perspective that is healthy regarding whether you are mm -hmm. going to be single for a season or for a lifetime. Um, you had also mentioned the undivided devotion. I think that's very important because the Lord is one that deserves our devotion, right? Mm -hmm. He's one that desires our obedience and he wants our attention. And so singleness is the best space to do that, to build that, to cultivate that in a way where it is you and the Lord. I think of like Moses, right? Moses was full of 
the presence of God. Like he was weighed down so heavily that he asked the Lord to take some off of him because the burden became too heavy, but he was close to the Lord. And I feel like singleness can be that way as well. It is designed that way, actually, to be where you are one with the Lord, very close, very intimate, one that when people walk by you, they can sense and feel and and smell the presence of Jesus on you. Like that is what singleness is designed to be. And if that's not your life right now, then that's something that you can work towards with the help Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like it is something, it's a journey and it's a process. Um, And the Bible never says it's instant. Yeah. I I think I had seen something, I guess this was on Instagram or something the other day, but it was like this reel. And this guy was talking about, he said he had just recently gotten married, maybe a year or two before. And he said, the most attractive thing about my wife to me when I first met her was that she didn't need me. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I, I want that to be said of me if I do get married that like, the guy that I end up with like he could tell that I was so content with Jesus that I didn't need anything else like if he steps into that and we get to do life together great then we're both going to be chasing after Jesus together and that's a beautiful thing but I want it to be said of me that I'm so content with Jesus that I don't need anything else like I don't need someone to complete me or finish me or something like that like I want to be so content with Jesus that anything else any other blessings that I get from him is just like a cherry on top pretty much I love that that is so (laughs) beautiful first of all that is amazing I that's great um and that's so true and you mentioned contentment right I think Mm -hmm. singleness if you were to ask a lot of people or if you were to look at the lives of people who are single you would see discontentment in their life um and myself included I go through highs and lows of like (laughs) sometimes I'm content sometimes I'm not um and I think it all goes back to the perspective right of just like Mm -hmm. why am I in singleness why why am I here what is the biblical purpose of it but that is such a beautiful story I absolutely (laughs) love that let it be said of us not even from our significant others in the future if that's the Lord Lord's will but those around us who are also Mm -hmm. single and married to say Mm -hmm. their contentment in the Lord is contagious it is inspiring it is something that now I want to pursue the Lord in my Mm -hmm. space of singleness or in my space of dating engagement marriage like let us be the the ones to to Mm -hmm. pave that path and to provide the way of contentment in whatever Mm -hmm. space you occupy that's so beautiful I think like a lot of people have the misconception that like discontentment is associated with singleness and then contentment is associated with marriage but just because you get married that does not automatically like fill in your contentment bubble like (laughs) um I was in a marriage and family class this past year or this past semester and we were talking about how like so many people desire to like get to the next thing like when you're single like you just want a boyfriend or you just want a girlfriend and then you just want to get engaged and then you want to get married and when you get married you want to have kids and it's like you're constantly adding up all of these things but none of those things are going to bring you contentment yes they're beautiful things if they do happen the right way but if you just keep desiring for the next thing and you're not ever content in what you are right now then you're going to get 20 years down the line and be like why did I do all of these things like why did all of these things happen how did I get here and 
was it even good for me to get here in the way that I did? Like, so it's important to learn how to be content because like I said earlier, the things that come after, yes, they're blessings, but you're going to be able to enjoy them a lot more if you were content in the stage before, right? when, like before you got to the next thing. No, that's so true. It is absolutely so true. And it reminds me of a, a sermon series that I had heard not too long ago, but it's by uh, Michael Todd. He's really well known, right? From Transformation mm-hmm. Church. And it was called Here is Holy. And so he talked mm-hmm. about just spaces that were defined biblically as holy. And I think contentment and like singleness, being content in that is holy. But you were talking about striving for the next thing. We are definitely in a culture mm-hmm. and in a world where we are going for the next thing. We want more. We want the next. We want to move to the next season. And it's a new year, new season, new mm-hmm. stuff. You know, new is what we're after. And when that newness rubs mm-hmm. off, we're ready to toss that aside and go to the next. And yeah. and it's a constant cycle, like you're saying, of just striving and pushing. And it's like, is it even worth it? Because you get to the place that you want it to be. And now you're like, mm-hmm. This isn't what I thought it would be. And you've wasted all of that energy. And so in that, if we're in a striving culture and they were in biblical days as well, don't get me wrong, but in the culture that we live in, there's so many ways that we see people striving and we're more open to that idea through social media and even through the way that people live that are next door neighbors. You know, Um, if we find ourselves discontent so many times and unsatisfied what actually brings contentment contentment is Mm -hmm. jesus and i Mm -hmm. think a lot of times we don't invite him in to the season that we're in which is why we want to go to the next one and we just want him to bless it but we don't want him to be in it (laughs) right you know the lord if you want contentment and if you want satisfaction and if you want good things not just materialistic and not just what you want but true like good godly things that he wants for your life he has to be in it he just doesn't bless it mm-hmm. and i think a lot mm-hmm. of us are are using the lord as a genie rather as the lord and savior that he is mm-hmm. um and it sounds deep and that's just kind of how i talk but really it's the surface level of our our discontentment is a deeper issue of I'm not inviting God into it, nor his plan, Mm -hmm. nor his will. I'm pinning in the pages of what I want and I just want him to co-sign it. You know what I mean? Stamp of approval it. it. (laughs) Yeah, like approve this Lord and I'm good to go. Um, That's not how God works because if he did, then he would be a genie and not the Lord who sits on heaven's throne. So Mm -hmm. it's just something like that that you just have to like surrender and and realign yourself to understand what is the biblical uh, definition and purpose behind the space that I occupy, singleness, mm-hmm. dating, engagement, or marriage. Um, and I think that's something that I'm definitely learning about as over the past few years, you know what I mean? So um, last thing that I had read in First uh, Corinthians is First Corinthians 7.35. And it talks about how you best serve the Lord, which you definitely talked about, right? Mm-hmm. You definitely talked about how I'm just going to serve the Lord here. I'm going to be mm-hmm. here. And if that's what he wants for me, then, then cool, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But until yeah. then, I'm here. And I think the perspective of um, how singleness is a space that you occupy 
of undivided devotion to the Lord for you and him to become one, but it's also how you best serve the Lord. So really the end goal of whatever space you occupy is the Lord. It's actually not even about us, nor is it about what we want or our significant other. It's about God. And I think that perspective is very healthy and one that we should get to in order to fuel that contentment that we're really looking for as well, you know? Yeah, I think like, with with contentment and things like that it's like we run the rat race like if we do we do the whole thing we do what we're quote unquote told we're supposed to do by the culture and then like what we're talking about like we get to the end and we're like what was it all for right and then when we're like trying to get to the next thing what you're talking about like just asking god to bless it like i think we can get into this like bad habit of like just trying to get to the next thing and then like tagging on God as like an afterthought and being like, oh, like praise God that I got here. Woohoo. But then the whole time we're like trying to do it all ourselves. And it's like if you're not starting with God, being like, okay, Lord, like what do you want me to do? And then you're not with God in the middle of it. And then you're not praising God after it. Like there's something wrong with one of those three. Like if God wasn't in one of those, then like something is going to feel off. Something's going to be wrong. And it's like God has to be in all of it in order for us to be content in order for us to like have it work out how his plan has been designed like he has to be in it 100% the entire time and our pride might get in the way a little bit and be like no god like this is what I want and (laughs) but he's still the beautiful thing about it is he's still such a loving father that he'll like draw us back and be like okay, I know that that's what you want, but you can't see what I can see. And so just track with me, stick with me for a little bit and it'll make sense in the end. (laughs) A hundred percent. No, that's so true. That is so, so true. And I think exactly what you're saying is that if we're not incorporating Jesus, then we're missing the mark. Like that's on us. You know what I mean? But I mean, like what are you like? I mean, it talks about in scripture, right? A lot of people talk about Romans 12 to the first part that's often preached about, right? Where it's like, let the Lord transform you by renewing your mind. And that's where it stops. But there's a second part to Romans 12 too <laughs> yeah. that I absolutely love. And it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, but I really (laughs) want my life to be filled with good, pleasing, and perfect things. In fact, Mm -hmm. many of the ideas that I have, I think, fit those categories. And God's like, nah, girl, that's not it. That is not Uh, it. (laughs) You think that's it, but it's, it's really not. But the Lord's plan for me is actually good. It's pleasing and it's perfect. And that's the same for singleness. And so, like you said, if I'm not incorporating Jesus, who has that perfect, pleasing, and goodwill Mm -hmm. for my life, then I'm missing out on what I truly desire. But I've been going at it, trying to do my own thing. But gosh, just like, if you do my thing, like you'll actually see. Um, mm-hmm. But I think also one thing that, that it's like, how do you do it? How do you incorporate the Lord um, in the beginning, in the middle, mm-hmm. and in the end? Like practically, what does that look like? So you can share what that practically looks like for you. What do you mean in incorporating the Lord in the beginning and in the middle and in the end? It's one thing that I had 
had to come to terms with is that like when I feel convicted by the Lord they're like oh maybe this isn't something good I'll like gaslight myself into thinking <laughs> that it wasn't him who said that and be like but are you sure though <laughs> right so like in the beginning whether not even just singleness like thinking about oh like is this someone that I need to date or whatever but just like in general in a lot of different things in the beginning being like okay God is this what you want is this what you have for me a lot of time in prayer and worship and just being like if this happened would it be your will like do, is this something I need to step into right. um in the middle God is this still where you want me <laughs> do is at any point do I need to like step out of this do I need to go deeper in like what's your will here and then at the end being like God thank you that you gave me these things and thank you that you were with me through these things and it's, so it's really just it's about keeping like an ongoing conversation with God, mm -hmm. like the through the entire thing, being like, God, is this where you want me? Is this good? Is this your will? And do I need to stay here or do I need to step out of this or take a step back? And then thank you for being with me through all of it. That's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, <laughs> so true, and so hard to do sometimes, right? Yes, <laughs> so hard. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> you hard. know, because you're talking about this constant communication with a God that you cannot see, right? And so for some people that just like blows their mind in and of itself. I'm a talker. I'm just yes. like a natural born <laughs> talker. So I talk to the Lord that I can see, can't see, want to see, you know, <laughs> I'll talk all day long. <laughs> but you're talking about constant communication and that is very important and how we do that matters. I think a lot of times in many seasons of our life, not just singleness, not just marriage or anything like that, just in life, we seek the Lord in the beginning miss them in the middle and then maybe we'll thank them at the end you know mm -hmm. what I mean like we seek the Lord so much to start something in our life mm -hmm. we forget him most of the time in the middle and we might thank him for what we asked him for in the beginning yeah. at the end you know mm -hmm. um and so you talking about constant communication is very important how we do that obviously prayer that is mm -hmm. having a conversation with the Lord worship Worship is such a beautiful thing because it'll speak words over you and into your life that maybe you didn't mm -hmm. think about speaking over or into your life yourself. Um, it has that power to do it. And so I think worship is very beautiful. Um, and also reading his word. Like if you want to hear the Lord, if you want to know his will, you have to read his word. I mean, you mm -hmm. can't know one without the other. Like this is how you do it. Um, and I just think that's so important of what she's saying to have a conversation with the Lord consistently, thanking him throughout, praising him, seeking him for his wisdom and guidance. I mean, all of that is so, so beautiful. Last thing that I have is, do you have any advice for our listeners who are single and just to encourage them about singleness being a holy space? Try it's so much easier said than done, but try not to like get caught up in the rat race of like just wanting a relationship just to say that you're in a relationship because there there's so much heartache surround like around what dating looks like right now like in our culture um people will say that it's like not that bad and it's just fun and whatever but like because we were designed by God to be around people and be in community when you're constantly in and out of different things and you're constantly getting pulled away from these people and ripped apart like it's gonna end in hurt whether we want to admit it or not um 
And so just strive to seek after the Lord and not people because the Lord is the only one that's not going to let you down. People, and if they're the greatest people you've ever met, they're not perfect. They're, nobody will ever be perfect except Jesus. And so striving after the Lord is going to end in so much more fulfillment even if it doesn't feel like it, even if temporary fulfillment feels good, like seeking the Lord is so much better and it's so much more fruitful in the end than trying to fill ourselves with all of these worldly things or like find contentment in different people. 100%. So good. So good. Never forget you guys that singleness is a holy space to occupy. I hope this conversation encouraged you. I love y'all so much and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Thank you, Brooke, for being up here. Bye guys. Thank you.